Our theme today is prepare yourself to be victorious over problems, challenges, and crises. This is part three in this brief series from 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and I invite you now to turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. The story of King Jehoshaphat takes us back to around 870 B.C. when he was king of Judah. Sadly, the first verse tells us that the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Meunites declared war on Jehoshaphat. He knew that he had no chance, that his nation had no chance that they would be totally destroyed. He and his people called upon God, what should they do? And so we discovered in last week's message that they prayed fervently. They prayed fervently for the Lord's help. Not only did they pray, but they fasted. They prayed and they fasted, something you and I need to do each time we face a problem, a challenge, or a very serious situation, a crisis. And then last week we also learned from this passage of Scripture that when appropriate, we need to involve other people in helping you, helping you to bring about a solution to your problem, challenge, or crises. Jehoshaphat involved the, involved the whole country because this was a major, a major challenge that they were facing. And so God directed them to pray and fast. And I called us to a 70-day prayer and fasting time starting from this past Monday until Easter Sunday. And as you can see on the front of the bulletin, I asked us, please, to please and kindly pray, pray earnestly for us as a church family by the end of April to be able to reach our goal of $60,000 for world missions. This is right on the front cover of your program, your bulletin today. I asked us to pray for the safety of a persecuted Christian family of four in Pakistan. His initials are AK and family. Please continue to pray for this dear family and that the Lord would make a way for us to bring them to safety as refugees here in Canada. And I encouraged us to pray for your need, for your biggest situation, your biggest problem, challenge, or crises. So let us do that in these days ahead as we also fast on 10 Fridays. Now, as uh, King Jehoshaphat and his people faced their own crises, we come to verse 18 in the story. We come to verse 18 of 2 Chronicles chapter 20 where it says this, Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Now, they're about to go into battle. They're about to go to face the enemy. And this is what they were doing. It says all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Verse 19. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. 
Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped. Jehoshaphat the king now, remember? Stopped and said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. Now, did you get that? Did you get that? All right, verse 21. <laughs> the king appointed singers. They're going out to do battle with armies that are way too powerful for them, way too big. So the king appoints singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Verse 22. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise. Notice that. At the very moment, at the very moment they began to sing and praise and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see, and they had done nothing. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. Verse 25. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing today. Then all the men returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them, overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies. <clears throat> they marched into Jerusalem to the music of harps, lyres, and trumpets, and they proceeded to the temple of the Lord. Verse 29. When all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was, was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this incredible part of your holy Bible. O oh Lord, I pray that you would open up our minds and hearts to the truths that you have contained in this passage of Scripture, truths that we need to hear, truths that we need to act upon, truths that can help transform our lives, truths that, that will, will enable us to experience victory, victory over the challenges, the problems, the heartaches, the battles, the crises that we are going through. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, amen. So my friends, as we focus now, especially on this latter part of the scripture, beginning at verse 18 and following, here are some of the truths that really came to my mind that help us to prepare ourselves to be victorious over problems, challenges, and crises. All right? The first truth is this. Worship and praise 
the Lord. This truth obviously comes from verses 18 and 19 because that is what Jehoshaphat and his people did. And verse 18, King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. Now, I find it, I find it fascinating that just before King Jehoshaphat and his nation experienced an incredible answer to prayer, a miracle, what were they doing? They worshiped and praised the Lord. All right? It's, it's fascinating, and it's beautiful. It's marvelous. <laughs> now, someone might say, what is a good definition of worship? Well, worship is the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration of God. I think that's a good definition, don't you? Come on now. Come on, I got to get you out of your frozen state. <laughs> All right? The feeling or expression of reverence and adoration of God. It's beautiful. Psalm 29, verse 2 says, why don't you read these verses with me, all right? Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Next one. Okay, I'll just give them to you out of my... Here it is, okay. Psalm 95, 6 says, <clears throat> Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God. Next one. Daniel 3.28 says, They, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Except their own god. When the wise men went looking for baby Jesus, Matthew 2, verse 2, basically says, um, where, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. And then after Jesus was crucified, and on the third day he rose from the dead, the women, went, the women who went to the tomb that first Easter morning had the privilege of seeing the resurrected Jesus. And Matthew 28, verse 9 says, And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then there are many other places in the Bible where we are told to praise the Lord. Psalm 104, verse 1 says, Let all that I am praise the Lord. O Lord my God, how great you are. And then Psalm 150 speaks of different places, reasons, and um, ways in which to praise him. Psalm 150 says, here it is, Praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens. 
Praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequaled greatness. Praise him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with a with the lyre and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's Psalm 115. My friends, 150. My friends, as you pray and, and fast for a victory over a problem, a challenge, or a crisis in the days ahead, I invite you to worship. Worship and praise the Lord. Come to church wanting to sincerely praise and worship the Lord through, through what you say, through what you sing to the Lord, through what you give. But not only come praise, worship the Lord here, uh, at home, at school, at work, wherever you are, look for opportunities. Look for opportunities in your own way to praise and worship the Lord. Look for opportunities in lots of different places. Some of you have heard me say how uh, different times when I go to some of the hospitals like, like Sunnybrook Hospital, you know, when I go into, into those stairwells from the, from the parking, those stairwells are, are, are almost designed for Pastor Nick to sing praise God from whom all blessings flow. They're, they're, they're just, they just have beautiful, beautiful acoustics for praising the Lord there. Anyone checked out the acoustics there at Sunnybrook yet? I suggested that to you, I don't know, last year. Okay, so let's learn from King Jehoshaphat. Praise and worship contributes to victory over problems, challenges, and crises. Do you see it in the Bible? Amen, amen. All right, there is another truth that is very important in contributing to your victory, and it is this. Another truth is, number two, have faith that the Lord can bring about your victory. This truth came about, or comes to my mind, from verse 20. If you look at verse 20, and I'm using the New Living Translation, verse 20 says, early in the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, on the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Here it is. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. I want us to especially notice that part that says, read it out loud with me together, Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. What was Jehoshaphat saying? What was this king saying? He was saying, have faith. Have faith, dear people. Now, this was a very scary situation. I mean, just think about the reality of it. It was a very scary time. Jehoshaphat and his people were going into battle against an army from nations that was far larger and superior to Jehoshaphat's army. And Jehoshaphat says to them, have faith. Believe in the Lord your God. Go out now. We're going to do battle. Have faith. Have faith that we're going to succeed. Hebrews in the Bible, chapter 11, verse 1, says, Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually 
happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Now chew, chew on that verse for a moment. Read it slowly with me out loud once again. Together. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. The commentator on Hebrews 11 verse 1 in the Life Application Study Bible, New Living Translation, beautifully, beautifully says this. He says, when we believe that God will fulfill his promises even though we don't see those promises materializing yet, we demonstrate true faith. Amen. Amen. Here it is again. When we believe that God will fulfill his promises, even though we don't see those promises materializing yet, we demonstrate true faith. Amen. The Gospel of Matthew tells the story of two blind men who went to Jesus for healing. Matthew 9, verses 28 through 30 says, Jesus asked them, Do you believe I can make you see? Yes, Lord, they told him, we do. Then he touched their eyes and said, he touched their eyes and said, because of your faith, because of your faith, it will happen. And then their eyes were opened and they could see. Isn't that beautiful? Because of your faith. Then in the Gospel of Luke, we are told about a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding and she could find she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched she touched the fringe of his robe and Luke 8 verse 48 records Jesus speaking to her and and says, "Daughter, daughter," he said to her, "Your faith, your faith has made you well. Go in peace." During these 70 days, during these seven zero days of prayer and fasting, I want to strongly encourage you to have faith, to encourage all of us, to have faith that the Lord can bring about the answer to prayer that you need. Have faith. Exercise what Hebrews 11 says. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. There's a beautiful hymn um, in the chorus in it uh, says, says this. It says, faith is the victory. Faith is the victory. Oh, glorious victory that overcomes the world. Amen? Amen. So my friends, here is the second truth that we want to focus on that can help prepare us to be victorious over problems, challenges, and crises. Have faith that the Lord can bring about your victory. But we discover a third truth from the passage of Scripture that we read, a third truth today, and it is this. <clears throat> Give thanks to the Lord even before 
you have victory over your problem, challenge, or crisis. Now stick with me. Give thanks even before the victory. And this is what Jehoshaphat and his people did. Look at verse 21. It, this truth comes out from verse 21. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army. This is even before the battle. The king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. Can you, can you picture what a weird scene this would have been? I mean, in many ways, it would have been a weird scene. The king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army singing, at, singing to the Lord and praising him. Now, humans being, human beings being what they are, I wouldn't be surprised if some of those singers, some of those singers might have said to each other, John, George, don't you think the army should be ahead of us instead of us ahead of the army? You know what I mean? Make sense? Right? But the singers were put ahead in front of the army, and they sang, give thanks to the Lord. What were they doing? What were they doing? They were thanking the Lord even before they won the battle against the huge armies. That's what they were doing. And by the way, we sometimes sing a song similar to the song they sang. I'm thinking of the, uh, the song Forever by Chris Tomlin. Sometimes, you know, we sing it. I, I think it goes something like this. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King, his love endures forever, for he is good, he is above all things. His love endures forever. Sing praise, sing praise. And then we, eventually we get to the chorus, and the chorus says, Forever God is faithful, forever God is strong, forever God is with us, forever. It's okay, Pastor Lucas. <clears throat> That's on my new CD. <laughs> Uh, uh, seriously, I, I, wonder, I wonder if Chris Tomlin got his inspiration from 2 Chronicles chapter 20, 21. Pastor Lisa, phone him up this week and just say, Chris, uh, Pastor Nick was preaching from uh, 2 Chronicles 20. He was just wondering if you got your inspiration for that song. All right, that song, by the way, actually has been a very big hit. Okay, now, what is especially significant is that Jehoshaphat's choir walking ahead of the army, gave thanks to the Lord even before they won the battle. Now, that is what we call faith. Faith. Pastor Rick Warren of the Saddleback Church in California says, he says, thanking God for something in advance is faith. Thanking God for something afterwards is gratitude. That's beautiful, isn't it? Thanking God for something in advance is faith. 
Thanking him for something after the answer to prayer is gratitude. My friends, during these 70 days of prayer and fasting, some of you are possibly going to be praying or you are praying for the mending of a relationship. I want you you to start thanking God. I want you to start thanking the Lord for that broken relationship that the Lord is going to help heal up. Amen? Others of you are praying for a physical healing that you or a family member or a friend need. Begin to thank God. Begin to thank God for the healing now, even before it happens. Begin to thank the Lord for that healing. Some of you are praying for a financial miracle. Someone else is looking for a job. Thank the Lord in advance of how he will answer. Are you following me now? Are you with me? All right. Others of you are looking for a husband or a wife. Amen. From that corner. Up in the balcony. (laughs) Anyone else there? All right. Some of you are looking for a husband or wife. Thank the Lord in advance. Thank him in advance for the wonderful man or woman who will become your spouse. Is there an amen? Amen. All right. All right. I was expecting an amen from Pastor Lisa. All right. Now I can move on. Since I heard it, now I can move on. Some of you, some of you are desperately wanting to have a baby. Thank the Lord in advance for the miracle baby that you will soon have. Amen? While you are here at church and in your private times, my friends, give thanks to the Lord even before the victory, even before the answer to prayer. And I, as I think of this, I, I want to say, Lord, uh, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the $60,000 that we will have be, by the end of April for us to give to world missions. Amen? Amen. I want to say, Lord, thank you, thank you for protecting and watching over this uh, family of four in Pakistan that has been persecuted because of their Christian faith. Lord, thank you for watching over them, protecting them, and helping us to bring them safely here to Canada. Amen? I want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you for the ways in which you are, Lord, answering and will answer the prayers of our people in regards to the details in your own life. Praise God. Praise God. I was reading in the Beacon Bible Commentary where Dr. Robert Sawyer says this. He says, the reward of faith is security and success. Amen? All right. We come to a fourth truth today, a fourth truth that can help prepare us to be victorious over problems, challenges, and crises. And the fourth truth is this. Recognize that oftentimes God will give you victory in unexpected ways. Now this truth came to my mind. As you can see, I normally try to derive the truths right out of a verse or verses from the scripture we're reading, okay? This truth came to my mind from verses 22 through 24. Look at it there. 22, it says... At that very moment, they began to sing and 
give praise. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. Now, those are the armies that were supposed to do battle with Jehoshaphat and his armies. And it says the Lord caused the armies to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. Just for the record, I really, I really don't like these scenes, okay? And neither do you. I mean, obviously, it's a terrible, terrible situation of war, okay? Uh, but, but this truth of recognize that oftentimes God will give you victory in unexpected ways comes from what we just read. Except, except for the fact that I've read the story, I would never have guessed how King Jehoshaphat's army would have won the battle. I don't think you would have guessed either. I would never have imagined that the Moabite, Ammonite, and Meunite armies would have turned against each other. I would not have thought of that. Romans 11, verse 33 says, Oh, how great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. Isn't that true? The 19th century poet William Cowper writes, God moves in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. By the way, there is another incredible story in the book of Judges, chapter 7, in which the Lord gives Gideon a great victory against the Midianites in a very unexpected way as well. And the, 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 point, the point that I want you to pick up on is recognize that oftentimes God will give you victory in unexpected ways. I remember how back in 1992, <clears throat> we as a church had outgrown our previous uh, church building and property and we started looking for a larger piece of land to buy and build on. What some of you would not know is that we looked for six years, we prayed and prayed and fasted and looked for six years and could not find a property, we could not find a property that was zoned for worship purposes and a property which we could afford. We kept praying. And then in 1998, a dear Chinese real estate lady that no one, that no one from our church knew and I didn't know, I had never met, this dear Chinese real estate lady phoned me up out of the blue one day and said, Pastor Nick, uh, I've heard that you and your church are looking for a larger piece of church property to buy. I said, we sure are. She said, well, I have just the right eight acres for you, beautiful eight acres just off Highway 401 and Nielsen Road on Milner. She said, would you like to go and see it? 
And I said, of course I would. Of course we, we want to go and see it. And of course, we continued to follow up. And then eventually, after doing soil testing and everything, well, we made an offer. We made an offer based on soil testing and other issues that we needed to follow proper procedure with. And then some months later, we finalized the deal in purchasing this eight, eight acres location. But as I think back, it never occurred to me that the answer to our six years of praying and fasting and looking for a larger church site, it never occurred to me that the answer would come through a realtor we had never heard of, never met, never seen. And it's a little example of how God will give us victory in unexpected ways. Amen? And so I want to encourage you in regards to whatever you are praying about. There's a tendency. Are you with me now? There's a tendency for you and me to be thinking that, okay, God is going to answer my prayer in this way or that way or that way. That is possible. That is possible. But so oftentimes, he answers in unexpected ways. He messes, us, he messes you up. <laughs> Isn't that true? He answers in unexpected ways. Now, we have to also be able to recognize God's answer. Stick with me on this. We have to be able to recognize God's answer. My, my wife Cindy reminded me about the following story, and maybe you've heard it across the years. The story is told of a Christian who was living beside a river which started to flood due to very heavy rainstorms that went on for several days. Because the rainstorms were bad, the river really started to swell very badly and began to rise. The sheriff's deputies came by and told this gentleman, told this man, that he should leave before the river cuts off the road. The man said to the sheriff's deputies, oh, don't worry about it, the Lord will save me. The man said to um, the sheriff's deputies, thanks very much, goodbye, the Lord will save me. The river level kept rising, and then the water got up to the porch, or the veranda, as some of us would call it. Some folks came by in a boat who said to him, hop in, hop in, and we'll take you to safety. And guess what he said? The Lord will save me. The Lord will save me. The water level continued to rise above the first floor, and the man had to climb on his roof so as not to drown. The National Guard came by in a boat, another boat, a bigger boat than the previous one. National Guard came by and begged this man to go with them. And the man said to the National Guard, Oh, I'm okay. The Lord will save me. The floodwaters kept rising, and the man was clinging to his chimney. He was up there on the chimney. A helicopter appeared and they lowered a rope to rescue him, but he refused to go. He shouted out to the helicopter, 
The Lord will save me. The Lord will save me. The helicopter was obviously very nosy. Uh, very nosy. Noisy. That's what I said. <laughs> nosy. <laughs> noisy. Noisy. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's right. Whatever you said. <laughs> the helicopter was making a lot of noise. And he just shouted, the Lord will save me. Well, the floodwaters kept rising and rising, and the man had to stand on the very top of his chimney so as not to drown. With the waters continuing to rise, the upset man prayed. He cried out, said, Lord, why have you, why have you forsaken me? And at that point, the sky split open, and a huge voice boomed out. I sent you the sheriff's deputies. I sent you two boats and a helicopter. What more do you want? <laughs> Amen. My friends, in your situation, be on the lookout so that you recognize God's answer. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. I mean, just think, just think, just think if when that Chinese real estate lady with a sweet voice phoned me back in 1998 and said, you know, I've got just the right eight acres for you. Just think if I had said to her, oh, you know, we're, we know what we're doing. We don't need your help. Thanks for calling. Goodbye. We may never have found this property. We have to recognize God's answer, God's answer to your problem, challenge, or crises. There's a fifth truth I want you to get a hold on, a hold of, and it is this. Fifth one is this. When God gives you the victory, other blessings often follow. They do. This comes from uh, verses 25 through 30. And I want you to notice that sometimes, sometimes there are material blessings. And Jehoshaphat's armies certainly were blessed with a lot of material things, even though they did nothing. They did nothing to win the battle. But verse 25 says, King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder they found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is still called the Valley of Blessing today. And so they were blessed with these material things. And you know, when God gives you victory, sometimes, sometimes along with that victory there are some material blessings that you didn't expect. Amen? Then there, there's also the blessing of joy. The blessing of joy in verse 27. Then all the men returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them, overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies. The blessing of joy. Obviously, they were filled with joy. 
And when your answer to prayer happens, tell us about your joy, would you? Tell us about your joy. Write me an email. Write me an email or Sunday, Sunday in church here. Write us a friendship and worship uh, card and, and say, pastors, the Lord answered my prayer in the following way. And I recognized it. <laughs> All right? And tell us about your joy. Other times there, there, there's also the blessing of peace. The blessing of peace. This comes from verse 29 and 30 where it says, when all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them. So Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace for his God had given him rest on every side. He had peace. Jehoshaphat and his people did. And when your prayer is answered, a lot of times, there's a big relief, isn't there? There's a, <sighs> there's a peace. And a peace that often passeth all understanding. May you experience that peace. Amen? May the Lord in these weeks ahead give you some material blessings, joy, and the blessing of peace. And there's a last, the sixth truth I want to share with you that is very important as we prepare ourselves to be victorious over problems, challenges, and crises. Sixth truth is this. Always remember to give credit to the Lord for your victory. That's what Jehoshaphat and his people did. We read it in verse 27. Let's read it in unison from the big screen. Then all the men returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them, overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies. The Lord had given them victory. Isn't it beautiful, Brother Freddie? Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it beautiful that, you know, they, they didn't go back saying, oh, wow, oh, man, wow. Did you see how we knocked those guys out? Did you see how we wiped out the enemy? Man, we're cool. We're cool. Man, we just breathed on them and they fell over, right? We just, we just, we just looked at them and they, we, we just scared the pants out of them or whatever. You know what I mean? They didn't, they, they didn't get all puffed up. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't say, wow, we're just awesome. Oh, man, cool. Oh, far out. We're just so good. I mean, all we had to do is just show up, and the enemies just fell to the ground dead. We're we a knockout. We're a knockout. That's not what happened. Not what happened, right? They recognized, they recognized that the Lord had given them victory. And that's the way the Lord wants us to live, to give him honor and glory and praise and say, Lord, thank you. I thanked you before my answer to prayer. That's when I exercised what? Faith. And now, Lord, I express gratitude after my answer to prayer. That's gratitude. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, thank you for what we are able to discover from Jehoshaphat hundreds of years before Christ was even born. But we learned some powerful lessons as to how we can prepare ourselves to be victorious over problems, challenges, and crises. Lord, impact each of our lives with these truths so that we can better serve you and live lives of victory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.